Section 8 of Dave Brings Home a Wife. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dave Brings Home a Wife by Steele Rudd. Chapter 17. Dad Forgets the Past. I think you're a good deal to blame yourselves, Mrs. White said, when Lily and Dave told her of Dad's generosity. I do indeed, and I really believe you'd have had a good house from the very beginning if you had only had the courage to stick out for it. It takes you to talk to him, Mother, Dave drawled, in cheerful admiration of his mother-in-law. And so could you talk to him. So could anyone if they had a bit of go in them, Mrs. White snapped. After all, I believe your father's the best man of the lot of you. He's only what you've all made him. Dave grinned, a hard, senseless sort of grin, and mumbled, Well, I don't know. But I do know, his mother-in-law retorted. Anyone with half an eye would know. Well, it doesn't matter now, Lily put in pleasantly. We're to get a good house and an allowance, and that's everything, mother. Yes, that's the main thing, Dave said, and went off for a bucket of water. Sarah was the only one who disapproved of Dad building another house for Dave and Lily. I don't know what they want with a place like that, she said, when Dad at dinner one day was boasting of having let the contract for £300. The one they're living in ought to be quite good enough for them. Mother made an effort to console Sarah, but Sarah was a hard girl to silence when she felt she had a grievance. I don't know, she sneered, tossing the spoons recklessly into the cups and making a lot of unnecessary noise with them. Some people seem to be able to get anything they want, while others can't get anything at all, no matter what they do for it. What's up with you? What the deuce do you want now? Dad said savagely. There's a great many things I want, but I don't seem to be able to get any of them. And Sarah flashed her eyes on Dad. Well, what in the devil are they? P plenty Here, Sarah broke into tears. I've not had it. Sobbing. Decent dress that I could go out in and for, for, for I don't know when. God bless my soul, Dad roared. What the deuce do I know about your dress? Don't be silly, girl, Mother said, soothingly to Sarah. I'm a sa sa saddle. I've got to ro ro ride in. Look at it. Go and get yourself a better one, then, Dad bellowed. Confound it, do you think I carry everything about in me pocket with me? Again, Mother pleaded with Sarah. Others can get houses, Sarah blubbered. And to the mischief with ya, Dad yelled desperately and jumped up and bolted from the table. In less than a week, the carpenters had the timber on the ground, and once more a new house was going up for Dave. Dad used to leave the yard or the paddock, or wherever he happened to be, about twenty times a day, and stroll up to see how the building was getting along. And he'd yarn and stare about, and examine nails and putty and things lying around, and get in the way of the men and keep them back. Oh, I used to do a bit of carpenting myself once. Dad said boastingly to the contractor one evening, and the contractor, a quiet man with hard, immovable features, said, Yes, I saw you putting up that place there. And he pointed with a chisel to Dave's little gunya. Oh, uh, yes, yes, quite so, quite so. 
Dad answered, colouring a little. But I only meant that one to stand till this one went up. Well, I think it'll do that, the contractor said quietly. Unless the wind happens to rise within the next few weeks. Then Dad cleared his throat and went away to attend to the cows. Dave's humpy was a subject which Dad didn't care to discuss much with strangers. Well, how are you enjoying yourself? Dad said cheerfully, saluting Mrs. White, who was standing in Dave's doorway one afternoon. Mrs. White nearly fell down with surprise, and before she could recover control of her feelings, Dad had invited her to come and look at the new building. Come on, he said. Come on, I want to show it to you. Mrs. White, in her haste to secure a hat, fouled Lily and knocked a dish of cream out of her hand and forgot to apologise or pick any of it up. I think you'll like it, Dad said proudly as they stepped across the grass. Tears came into Mrs. White's eyes and her breath seemed to leave her. Dad's magnanimity was too much for her. Yeah, he said, indicating the framework with a sweep of his hand. There's the bedroom and this here is where they'll eat. It'll be lovely, Mrs. White said, gazing round. And I'm sure they should be grateful to you, Mr. Rudd. So long as they're satisfied, Dad said in an offhanded sort of way. I am. Don't matter a straw to me. Then taking up the plans, he explained the architecture of the building in detail. And in the interests of convenience, Mrs. White suggested several alterations, all of which Dad, though he didn't exactly see the sense of them, readily accepted and he instructed the contractor to carry them out, and raised consultations and angry discussions amongst the men. When are you going away? Dad inquired, on taking leave of Mrs. White. Mrs. White thought she wouldn't be going home for a few days. Not till Saturday. Well, Dad said, come to the races with us tomorrow, and on Saturday morning I'll drive you to the railway station in the buggy. And that night, while Mrs. White at tea eulogised Dad to Dave and Lily, and said he was a fine old man, Dad, at our table, spoke of no one but Mrs. White. A splendid woman, he said. A woman of the world. A woman with a business head, believe me. End of section 8. End of Dave Brings Home a Wife by Steele Rudd.